section seventeen of four and twenty fairy tales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen fairer than a fairy by mademoiselle de la force translated by james blanche part two at the same instant a wave broke at the feet of fairer and in retiring left behind a brazen tablet as firmly fixed in the sand as if it had been there from all eternity and would remain immovable to the end of the world as she looked at it she perceived letters forming on it deeply engraved which composed these lines the vows of common love in sand are traced and even graved in brass may be effaced but those which are inspired by your bright eyes in starry words are written in the skies naught can destroy those characters divine eternal as the heavens in which they shine i understand cried Desurs. he who loves you must always love how well your charming swain expresses his feelings she then embraced fairer than a fairy who soon in her arms recovered from the confusion occasioned by the little feeling of jealousy she had experienced and confessed it to her friend who accused her of it and both confirmed in their friendship abandoned themselves to the pleasure of an agreeable and affectionate conversation queen nabot sent messengers to the foot of the mountain to find what was become of fairer than a fairy they found the scattered feathers and a part of her clothes and consequently believed she had been dashed to pieces as they desired full of this idea the fairies ran to the seashore they exclaimed at the sight of the brazen tablet and were overwhelmed at perceiving the two princesses calmly seated in conversation on a jutting piece of rock they called to them fair presented her vase full of the water of immortality and laughed in secret with desurs at the fury of the fairies the queen was not to be jested with she knew that a power as great as her own must have assisted them and her rage increased to such a pitch that without hesitating an instant she determined on effecting their ruin by a final and most cruel trial desurs was condemned to go on the morrow to the fair of time to fetch the rouge of youth and fairer than a fairy to proceed to the wood of wonders and capture the hind with silver feet the princess de Sers was conducted to a vast plain at the end of which was an immense building divided into galleries full of shops so superb that no comparison could be found for them but in the recollections of the magnificent entertainments at marley these shops were kept by young and agreeable fairies assisted by their favoured lovers as soon as de Sers appeared her charms fascinated everybody she took possession of all hearts in the first shop she entered she excited much commiseration by asking for the rouge of youth none would tell her where to find it because when it was not a fairy who came in search of it it was a sure sign of torment to the person who was charged with this dangerous commission the good fairies told de Sers to return and to inquire no further for what she sought she was so beautiful that they ran before her wherever she went in order to gaze at her her ill-luck however led her to the shop of a wicked fairy hardly had she asked for the rouge of youth on the part of the queen of the fairies than darting a terrible glance at her she told her that she had it 
and that she would give it her the next morning and ordered her to enter a room and wait till it was prepared for her they led her into a dark and pestilential place where she could not see her hand before her she was overcome with terror ah she exclaimed charming lover of fairer than a fairy haste to my rescue or i am lost but he was deaf to her appeal or unable to act as he had done in other places Desseurs tormented herself half the night and slept the remainder when she was awakened by a good-looking girl who brought her a little food telling her that it was sent her by the favorite of the fairy her mistress who was resolved to assist her and that it would be fortunate for her if such were the case because the fairy had sent for an evil spirit who by breathing on her face would make her hideous and in that frightful state she would be ignominiously sent back to the queen of the fairies who with all her court would triumph in her misfortunes the princess de Sirs felt frightened to death at this threat of losing in a moment all her beauty and wished rather to die outright her agony was horrible she groped about her dark prison in vain hope of discovering some mode of escape when some one took her by the arm and she felt in her heart a sensation of pleasure she was gently led towards a spot where she began to perceive a little light and when her eyes became accustomed to it she was struck by the appearance of what was to her the most charming object in the world for she recognized that dear prince who loved her so truly and from whom they had separated her on the eve of her wedding her transport her delight was extreme is it you she exclaimed a hundred times at length when fully persuaded of the fact and forgetting all her own troubles but are you the favorite of this wretched fairy she continued is it with this fine title that i again behold you undoubtedly replied he and we shall owe it to the end of our troubles and the certainty of our happiness he then recounted to her how in despair at her being carried off he had gone to seek a wise old man who had informed him where she was and assured him that he would never recover her but in the kingdom of the fairies that he had furnished him with the means of finding it but that he had been arrested in his pursuit of her by this cruel fairy who had fallen in love with him that following the advice of the sage he had dissembled and by his docility had obtained such an influence over her that he had the care of all her treasure and was the minister of all her power that she had just departed on a journey of six thousand leagues that she would not return for twelve days and that therefore they should lose no time in escaping that he was going into his cabinet to fetch a part of the gem of the ring of gyges that she should put it on and thereby becoming invisible she could pass anywhere as for himself he could show himself as he pleased do not forget said she the rouge of youth i wish to put some on and to give some to one of my companions the prince smiled whither shall we go continued she to the queen of the fairies he replied no that will never do she exclaimed we shall perish there the sage who counselled me pursued he told me to lead you back to the place from whence you came last if i wish to be assured of happiness he has never yet deceived me in anything whatever well then so be it said de Sirs. we will go there the prince brought her a valuable box in which was the rouge of youth and with the hope of making herself appear more beautiful still in the eyes of her lover she rubbed some hastily all over her face 
forgetting that she was invisible by means of the gem which he had given her she took him by the arm they traversed in this manner the whole of the fair and were soon close to the palace of the queen there the prince resumed the gem of gyges the beautiful desires became visible and he became invisible to the great regret of the princess whom he took by the arm in his turn and presented her before nabat and her court all the fairies looked at each other in excessive astonishment at seeing desires return with the rouge of youth and the queen frowning awfully desired them to guard her strictly our arts are vain said she we must put her to death without trying any more experiments the sentence was pronounced desires trembled with fear her lover reassured her as much as he could but we must return to fairer than a fairy they had conducted her to the wood of wonders and here is the reason why they had condemned her to chase the silver-footed hind once upon a time there had been a queen of the fairies who had succeeded in due course to that grand title she was beautiful good and wise she had had several lovers whose affections and attentions had however been lost upon her entirely occupied in protecting virtue she found no amusement in listening to the sighs of her adorers there was one whom her coldness rendered the most unhappy because he loved her better than any of the others one day seeing that he could not move her to pity him he protested in his despair that he would kill himself she was not affected even at this threat considering it merely as one of those extravagances in which lovers sometimes indulge but which never have any serious result however some time after he really did throw himself into the sea a sage who had brought up this young man complained to the supreme authorities and the insensible fairy was condemned to do penance for her severity in the form of a hind for the term of one hundred years unless an accomplished beauty could be found who by venturing to hunt her for ten days in the wood of wonders could take her and restore her to her original shape forty years had already elapsed since she had been first transformed at the commencement of her penance several beauties had risked the trial of this fine adventure from which so much honour was to be derived each hoped to be the fortunate huntress but as they lost themselves in the pursuit and at the end of ten days were no more heard of this ardour began to cool and for some time past no beauty had voluntarily offered herself those who had recently undertaken the task being condemned to it by the fairies in order to ensure their destruction it was thus to get rid of fairer that they led her to the wood of wonders they gave her a small portion of food for form's sake and placed in her hand a silken cord with a running noose to catch the deer that was all her outfit for the chase she deposited what they gave her at the foot of a tree and when she found herself alone she cast a look round this vast forest in the profound silence and solitude of which she saw nothing but despair she was anxious to remain at the skirt of the forest and not to enter it too far so in order to know the spot again she placed a mark at the point from which she started but alas how did she deceive herself every one lost themselves in this forest without being able to issue from it in one of the paths she caught sight of the silver-footed hind walking slowly she approached it with her silken cord in her hand 
thinking to take it but the deer feeling itself pursued started off at full speed stopping from time to time and turning its head towards fairer they were in sight of each other all day without being any nearer at last night separated them the poor huntress was very tired and very hungry but she no longer knew where to find the little provision she had had given her and there was nothing but the hard ground for her to repose upon she lay down therefore very sadly under a tree she could not sleep for a long time she was frightened the least thing alarmed her a leaf shaken by the wind made her tremble in this miserable state she turned her thoughts on her lover and called him several times but finding him fail her in her great distress she exclaimed with tears in her eyes ferris ferris you have abandoned me she was just dropping asleep when she felt a movement beneath her and it seemed to her as though she was in the best bed in the world she slept soundly for a considerable time without any interruption she was awoke in the morning by the song of a thousand nightingales and turning her beautiful eyes around she found she was raised two feet from the earth the turf having sprung up under her lovely form and thus made a delicious couch a large orange tree threw its branches over her like a tent and she was covered with flowers by her side were two turtle doves who announced to her by their love for each other what she might hope for with ferris the ground was entirely covered with strawberries and all sorts of excellent fruits she ate of them and found herself as well satisfied and as much strengthened by them as though they had been the richest and best kind of meats a stream which flowed close by served to allay her thirst oh ye tender cares of my lover cried she when she had refreshed herself how much i needed you i murmur no longer give me less dearest and let me see you she would have continued in this strain had she not perceived stretched close to her the silver-footed hind quietly gazing at her she thought this time she must catch it with one hand she held out to it a bunch of grass and with the other grasped the cord but the deer bounded lightly away and when it had gone a short distance it stopped and looked back at her it kept up this game all day another night came and passed like the one before it she awoke under similar circumstances and four days and nights elapsed in the like manner at length on the fifth morning fairer than a fairy on opening her eyes thought she saw a light more brilliant than that of day when she perceived in those of her lover seated near her all the affection with which she had inspired him he fervently kissed one of her feet his presence and this respectful action gratified her greatly you are there then said she if i have not beheld you all these days i have at all events received the proofs of your goodness say of my love fairer than a fairy replied he my mother suspects that it is i who assist you she has placed me in confinement i have escaped a moment by means of a fairy of my acquaintance adieu i came only to encourage you you shall see me this evening and if fortune smiles to-morrow we shall be happy he departed and she hunted again all day when night came she perceived near her a little light which sufficed to show her her lover here is my illuminated wand said he place it before you and go without fear wherever it will lead you where it stops you will perceive a great heap of dry leaves set fire to it enter the place you will see and you will find the skin of a beast burn it 
the stars our friends will do the rest adieu fairer than a fairy would have desired far more ample instructions but seeing there was no remedy she placed the wand before her which showed her the way she followed it nearly two hours very much vexed at doing nothing else it stopped at last and there truly enough she perceived a large heap of dried leaves to which she did not fail to set fire the light was soon so great that she could see a very high mountain in which she observed an opening half hid by brambles she separated them with her wand and entered a dark hole but soon after she found herself in a vast saloon of admirable architecture and lighted with numberless lamps but what struck her with the greatest astonishment was the sight of the skins of several wild and terrible beasts hung on golden hooks which at first she mistook for the beasts themselves she turned away her eyes with horror and they were arrested in the centre of the saloon by the sight of a beautiful palm-tree upon one of the branches of which was suspended the skin of the hind with the silver feet fairer than a fairy was enchanted at seeing it and taking it down with the aid of her wand she carried it quickly to the fire which she had lighted at the entrance of the cavern it was consumed in a moment and re-entering joyfully the saloon she penetrated into several magnificent apartments she stopped in one where she saw several couches placed upon persian carpets and one more beautiful than the rest under a canopy of cloth of gold but she had not much time to contemplate arrangements which appeared to her singular for she heard hearty peals of laughter and several persons in loud conversation fairer than a fairy turned her steps in the direction from which the sounds proceeded and entered a wonderful place where she found fifteen young ladies of celestial beauty she did not surprise them lest she was surprised herself the extreme loveliness of her appearance took away their breath and a deep silence succeeded to cries of admiration but one of these beautiful persons more beautiful than all the rest advanced with a smiling air towards our charming princess you are my deliverer said she addressing her i cannot doubt it no one can enter here who is not clothed in the skin of one of the beasts which you saw at the entrance of the cavern that has been the fate of all these beautiful persons whom you see with me after ten days of useless pursuit of me they were changed into so many animals during the day but at night we resume our human forms and you charming princess if you had not delivered me would have been changed into a white rabbit a white rabbit exclaimed fairer ah madam it is indeed better that i should preserve my ordinary form and that so wonderful a person as you should be no longer a deer you have restored us all to liberty replied the fairy let us now pass the rest of the night as joyously as may be and to-morrow we will go to the palace and fill all the court with astonishment it is impossible to express the joy which resounded in this charming spot and the delight which all these young persons felt at the sweet sensation of finding themselves once more in the land of the living so to speak they were all still of the same age as when they commenced their unfortunate chase in the wood of wonders and the eldest was not yet twenty the fairy desired to take three or four hours repose she made fairer lie down beside her and relate her adventures she did so with so touching a voice her discourse was so unaffected and so full of truth 
that she engaged the fairy without reserve to assist her love and render her happy she did not forget to speak to her of Desirs, and the fairy was immediately interested in her favor they went to sleep after a long conversation which they had agreeably interrupted from time to time by the interchange of affectionate caresses the next day they all set out for the palace wishing pleasantly to surprise the fairies they quitted without regret the wood of wonders and quickly arrived at the palace as they approached the inner court they heard a thousand melodious sounds which composed an excellent concert here is a fete going on said the fairy we have arrived apropos and advancing they found the court filled with an incredible number of people the fairy caused the gate to be opened and entered with her train the first persons who recognized her uttered the loudest exclamations of delight and the cause of this great joy was quickly made known to the multitude but on advancing the fairy was struck by a strange spectacle she saw a young girl more lovely than the graces and with the form of venus bound to a stake near a pile of wood where apparently she was about to be burnt to death fairer than a fairy uttered a loud cry as she recognized de Sirs, but she was much astonished when at the same moment she lost sight of her and a young man appeared in her place so handsome and so well made that one might never be tired of looking at him at this sight fairer uttered a still louder cry and running towards him without any regard to appearances she flung herself on his neck exclaiming a thousand times it is my brother it is my brother it was her brother who was also the fortunate lover of princess de Sirs, and who fearing they would put her to death had given her the gem of gyges to rescue her from the cruelty of queen nabot and by doing so became himself visible the brother and sister lavished a hundred caresses on each other the invisible de Sirs added hers and her voice was heard although she was not to be seen whilst the fairies in unparalleled astonishment expressed in every variety of manner their rapture at again beholding their virtuous queen the good fairies came and threw themselves at her feet kissing her hand and her garments some wept some were unable to speak each testified her joy according to her peculiar character the bad fairies the partisans of nabot also pretended to be delighted and policy gave an air of sincerity to their hypocritical demonstrations nabot herself in despair at this return controlled herself with an art of which she alone was capable she offered at once to resign her power to the rightful sovereign who with a grave and majestic air demanded of her why the young girl whom she had seen bound to the stake merited such a punishment and since when they had been accustomed to celebrate a cruel execution by fates and sports nabot excused herself very lamely and the queen listened impatiently when the lover of de Sirs spoke thus they punished this princess said he because she is too amiable they torment for the same reason the princess my sister they were both born as handsome as you now behold them he then begged his lady love to cover up the gem of gyges and she immediately appeared again the sirs charmed all who saw her they are beautiful pursued he they possess a thousand virtues which they do not derive from the fairies that is why they are rousted up to persecute them what injustice to tyrannize over all those whose charms do not emanate from yourselves the prince paused 
the queen turned towards the assembly with an agreeable air i demand said she that these three persons shall be given up to me they shall enjoy the most happy fate that can fall to the lot of mortals i owe much to the fairer than a fairy and she shall be rewarded for the service she has done me by uninterrupted felicity you shall continue to reign madam added she turning to nabot this empire is sufficiently large for you and me go to the beautiful islands which belong to you leave me your son i will share my power with him and i will marry him to fairer than a fairy this union will reconcile us to one another nabot was enraged at all these decisions of the queen but it was of no use to complain she was not the strongest she had but to obey she was about to do so with a bad grace when the beautiful Ferris arrived followed by a gallant train of youths who composed his court he came to pay his homage to the queen and manifest his joy at her return but in passing he cast a look at fairer than a fairy and made her comprehend by his passionate glances that she was the first object of his devotion the queen embraced him and presented him to fairer begging him to accept her at her hands there is no need to say he obeyed joyfully exclaiming with transport o oh, love for all my tender care and aid by this rich guerdon i am overpaid the two marriages were celebrated on the same day both couples were so happy that tis said they are the only pairs who have ever really gained the golden vine and that those who have been since named as having done so are purely fabulous personages thus innocence triumphs over the misfortunes with which it is assailed envy and jealousy only serve to increase its lustre and often the justice of heaven renders its possessors happier for the trials they have undergone there is a providence which watches over the conduct of mortals and delights in rewarding the worthy even in this world end of section seventeen